I was toting my pack along the dusty Winnemucca Road When along came a semi with a high-end canvas-covered load If you're going to Winnemucca Mac with me, you can ride And so I climbed into the cab and then I settled down inside He asked me if I'd seen a road with so much dust and sand And I said, listen I've traveled every road in this here land I've been everywhere, man I've been everywhere, man Across the deserts, bare man I breathe the mountain air, man I've traveled, I've had my share, man I've been everywhere I've been to Reno, Chicago, Fargo, Minnesota, Buffalo, Toronto, Winslow, Sarasota, Wichita, Tulsa, Ottawa, Oklahoma, Tampa, Panama, Madawa, La Paloma, Bangor, Baltimore, Salvador, Amarillo, Tocopilla, Barranquilla, and Padilla, I'm a killer. I've been everywhere, man. I've been everywhere, man. Across the deserts, bare man. I breathe the mountain air, man. Travel, I've had my share, man. I've been Sports Radio, 96.1 FM, 1450 AM. Big shout out to the man, the myth, the legend himself, Mr. Johnny Cash, talking about a little I've been everywhere. Man, of course, a little traveling music because the cards are on the road. Heading up to Boston to take on the BC Eagles. It is going down uh, up there in uh, the what's going to be the, the rainy northeast uh this morning so uh we got that going on so many more things i i love that song i i heard it last night and i was like you know what that's like the per everybody knows i always like to you know figure out the uh the, the intro music you know and figure out the, the way i want to go with it and i thought that traveling uh traveling music was perfect and i uh, love me some johnny cash as well so uh you know got to get it going and get it rolling we have so many things to get into today besides um, Scott Satterfield and seeing if he can keep it, uh, keep it going. Uh, you know, now, now that he's out on the road, we got that happening. Of course, uh, we got our, the the man, the myth, the legend sliding in the, the chair as well, Mr. Haven Harrington. Haven, how you doing this morning? Man, what's going on? How you doing? You know, I'm glad you're talking about the greatness that is Scott Satterfield. Did, did you hear my intro music, Haven? Yeah, you did. You like that? You like a little Johnny Cash? Oh yeah. <laughs> you never wrong with Johnny Cash. Uh, you know, you never know what I'm gonna come up with. With you know, when the show gets rolling, so you know, a little, a little I've been everywhere. But uh, yeah, but we, you know what? We we got that to get into. Um, we have more University of Louisville basketball drama, dude, to get into dude. as well. <laughs> Which really like. The thing we really need to talk about, yes, and especially sir. in the 1030 hour when Leanne shows up. Yes, sir. Man, we got to talk about UK Ole Miss. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. <clears throat> absolutely. I, I, I'm definitely down for that. I mean, that's gonna that's a, the only game, you know, well, I won't say it's the only game that matters because it's a huge game for Louisville today, even though, you know, some would tell you that Louisville should win easy, but it's still a huge game. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, UK's got their first opportunity, or at least their, I guess their next opportunity to see what, they, what they're really working with. So, yeah, we got to get into that, and, uh, especially with uh, Leanne being uh, knowing all things Ole Miss. 
You know, that is her that is her passion. That is her love. Of course, uh, your passion should be listening to Leanne to get some picks so you can make some money. Uh, that'll be coming up at 1030 here um, uh, on uh, Wake Up 502 uh, with Rashawn. So uh, make sure you tune in for that. We got to get into uh, Lamar Jackson. Some of the things he's doing to Itanga Valoa and, and his <laughs> issues on Thursday night and everybody kind of losing their minds over that. There's so many things to get into, man. Like, it's absolutely insanity, uh, everything that's happening in the world of sports. But I, well, we're going to chop it all up. But I, I would say that, of course, uh, with UofL football being paramount uh, at the front of our brains, especially heading on the road uh, up to uh, Boston uh, to take on Boston College, uh, that's where we're going to get started today. I, I'll, I'll save my call-outs and other thoughts for <laughs> the, ne- the next segment. We'll save it for the next segment. We'll save it for the next segment. But, uh, you know, to get that rolling, of course, if you want to get in, uh, give us a, a text in uh, to the Thornton's text line, 502 502- 414-1450. That's 502-414-1450. You can give a text in uh, to the uh, Thornton's text line. Uh, big shout out to Thornton's and uh, all, uh, as Mike Rutherford says, all 68,242 local Thornton's uh, here in the city of Louisville, uh, you know, for all the great things they have, um, food, gas, uh, drinks, everything. Uh, so a big shout out to Thornton's. And then, of course, you can also give us a call on the Wake Up 502 buzz line, 502-384-1450. That's 502-384-1450 um, if you want to get us there. Uh, one of the things I never put out there, but folks always give us a, a you know, give us chat on there as well. If you want to shout us out or reach us out uh, on Facebook or on Twitter, you can reach me um, at R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N. Uh, on Twitter, that's at Rashawn. You can reach Haven at at M-E Sports, at M-E Sports, as well as uh, Joe Kelly at That Boy's Good. On Twitter and on Facebook, it's Rashawn Myers, again, R-A-A-S-H-A-A-N-M-Y-E-R-S. Uh, Haven, of course, you can reach him at Main Event Sports Radio on Facebook. So make sure you uh, check us out. All the different ways, of course, where, where you're, you're listening to us, 96.1 FM. You can catch us 1450 AM as well online on the TuneIn app. Uh, it's also a great place to check us out. You can check us out wakeup502.com as well. So there's no way and no excuse and, and nowhere where you can't reach us at. And if you missed the show live, you can always check us out at Wake Up 502 um, on uh, the podcast as well, um, SoundCloud app as well uh, here big exports radio so you got plenty of ways and plenty of opportunities so if you miss any of that make sure you check that out but haven um let's go ahead and get it rolling i you know i i think that this game as uh, i just mentioned uh, a little bit ago um boston college is is a game you know coach satterfield job one what we said after um letting that florida state game go and allowing uh, Tate Rodenmaker, I'm never going to forget that dude's name for as long as I live. Letting Tate Rodenmaker come back and beat you, um, Louisville fell into a Louisville football fell into a very interesting spot, and they fell into a spot where uh, we talked about it. The next three games, none of the games are going to help you. All of the games are just going to hurt hurt you. Starting with last week versus USF. Um, Louisville got that done pretty easy. It's almost like when you watch one of those, I, I, I know you love the, the karate movies, you know, the old school karate movies where you have to go through the levels. You know what I'm saying? It's like uh, the game of death where you got to go up each level and each level is a new challenge. And USF is like the bottom floor level because now Louisville has to go into the dojo 
to get their respect. So, you know, you got the worst to the weakest dude on the bottom level. That was USF. Louisville got that done. Now they're going up to the second level uh, where they got a guy who's maybe a little bit tougher but still not that great. And that's who Louisville's facing in BC right now. They are going on the road, having to knock off the Eagles. But this is uh, the, the the level two, and then the third level, uh, Virginia awaits. But you can't get to the third level until you beat up the dude on the second level. Man, all these dudes on the first level. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm gonna give them. I'd say stair steps. I don't think Boston College is as bad as South Florida, but uh, I, I do man, think you it know gets what? incrementally I, 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 better. You no, know I, I don't know. <laughs> Honestly, I, I really don't know like who's the worst team, Boston College, or USF. Well, we're I mean, I, I, I would say this: at least South Florida pushed Florida. Yeah. Boston College couldn't push Rutgers. Yeah, that's true. So they, actually, it may go down a level. They did beat Maine. Does that count for anything? Actually, I think they may went down a level. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> well. Nonetheless, I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because at least they are, quote-unquote, a power five team because people thought Boston College was going to be good this year. Like, that's the thing, and that's what worries me, Haven, is that Boston College came into this season by some publications rated ahead of Louisville, okay, in the ACC standings. So while I definitely agree with you, um, you know, that that from what we've seen so far through the first three weeks of the season, Boston College has not been great. But our first four weeks of the season, uh, they have not been great. Um, I feel like it makes me nervous because Jer- Jerkovic, the uh, the transfer quarterback from Notre Dame, has talent. Boston College has Zay Flowers, wide receiver with a lot of talent. Um, and it's a team that had the reputation that they were going to be pretty good this year. The biggest problem so far with Boston College has been the offensive line. Jerkovic has been sacked 15 times in three games, Haven. 15 times in three games. Like, I feel like uh, um, Yaya Diaby is already leading the ACC in sacks and is 15th nationally. Like, he could have, like, a uh, – um, uh, uh, what's, what's, uh, what's the, the – I, I can't believe um, – that was Demerville. Thank you. He could have. Th- you knew. See, that's why you my brother, because you knew right where I was going. He could literally have him like an Elvis Dumerville type day today, where he get like what? What, what do you have? Seven sacks against UK? Yes. <laughs> that's still. That doesn't even make sense. Like if, if if I told my kids, you know, when I'm an old man and they're watching football, I remember the day that Elvis Dumerville got seven sacks against UK. They would be like. Grandpa, you making that story up. Ain't no way no dude got seven sacks in one game. Like, it doesn't even sound like a real stat. <laughs> but literally, like, Yaya Diaby against what this Boston College offensive line has been so far, between he and Yasir Abdullah uh, and the rest of this uh, Louisville defensive line that is playing well. Like, that, that's the one thing. I came into the year saying that I really like the talent on the um, Louisville uh, defensive front um, with the addition of Momo Sonogo and, and Ashton Gelati and the rest, even though Gelati didn't really play last week and nobody asked Satterfield about that I don't know why but um, you you like the talent and that's been one spot where the Louisville defense has been good this year is on the defensive line Uh, so you know with with the the matchup you have there against that that Boston College offensive line you would think that would be a spot where they could take advantage I mean is is that kind of the first place that that you look at like where, where do you look at with this matchup uh, where, where Louisville could probably make the biggest hey, especially in a day where it's going to be rainy and ugly and nasty outside. I mean, technically, Louisville should have the advantage at every position on the field, like literally every position on the field. Offensive, our offensive line versus their defensive line. 
especially their horrible offensive line. Because I think they lost their best uh, offensive lineman to injury. Mm, okay. So now he he's out with injury. So you know, going against our defensive line, that's a definite mismatch. We have better receivers versus our secondary. Our running backs should be able to take out and light up their you no know, their the linebackers. So like literally every position on the field, we have the advantage. You know, Vegas has this at a fourteen, I think point five spread, and that's about right. I mean, this game should this game technically should play out like like Louisville playing South Florida. You would think so, especially because with the rainy uh, situation. I mean, Zay Flowers has been by far their best player. Um, what he's been able to do uh, at the wide receiver wide receiver position, but with this being a a rainy game and being ugly and nasty outside, um, it's you, you would think that the run game is going to be paramount. And coming into this game, I believe Boston College is averaging forty three rushing yards per game. So they've not been able to run the ball at all. So with a wet track, they said. Uh, uh, the, the weather forecast right now, 84% chance of rain. Wind gusts up to 40 miles per hour and sustained winds of about 17 miles an hour. So, I mean, that literally spells out running game. And with this Louisville team, the, the things that Louisville's been best at this year have been the running game. And we've seen since the second half of the, uh, uh, since the, second half of the FSU, uh, excuse me, of the UCF game, Louisville's defense has been playing a lot better and a lot more aggressive. So with the defense playing better, with the running game what it is right now, you would think that Louisville has a humongous advantage, especially considering Boston College hasn't been able to really run the ball against anybody at all. And they haven't played uh, murderer's row, uh, you know, in terms of their schedule to start the year. And they're only averaging 43 yards rushing per game. So, I mean – you would think that everything is rolling in the Cardinals' favor. I mean, like, did you see anywhere where there would be a cause for concern? No. <laughs> Just I'm, I honestly know that there really should be a cause for concern. The only cause for concern I can see is because of other conditions, we start to call a very conservative game and make it close to what it should. Yeah, according to Caesar Sportsbook right now, Louisville's going off as a 13-and-a-half point favorite. So. Uh, Louisville be laying at laying thirteen and a half, so they're expecting to win money on it. They're gonna have to win by at least two touchdowns, and I I, I agree with you that the only thing that makes me nervous about this game would be that in terms of the spread. I know we'll get into that with Leanne. Would be you know two touchdowns is a lot when it's an ugly game, and you know that you have a coach that knows that that tends to kind of take his foot off the. The gas, but a team and like, a Boston College team that hasn't played well. I don't like teams that haven't been playing well because sometimes it just for some crazy reason they seem to get it together when Louisville comes out there on the field. I mean, but honestly, though, but this really should be another South Florida where Louisville can kind of come in, take care of business, put the game away, and literally just run out the clock, and everything should be okay, and let your defense win the day. I mean, we have great running backs. We uh, rediscovered a screen game with Cooley. So, you know, a couple of screens, a couple of uh, Malik Jackson. He looks good, doesn't he? Trayvon Cooley. Yeah. After not playing the first couple of weeks. You know, I'm, I'm, I don't want to say I'm glad that Tyon Evans got hurt, but, you know, like he was literally not a part of the running game plan at all the first two weeks of the season. Evans goes down, uh, gets dinged up a little bit, and he gets the start. And now Cooley looks every bit as good as Evans. Uh, so I, I don't know what that says about the decision to not play him the first two games, but, I mean, he's he's been outstanding. Well, he has. He has. And, you know, with, with that type of 
you know, depth at running back. I mean, you should literally be able just to pound the ball, score, call a couple of uh, Malik quarterback draws, let him get in the running game as well. You should have an, you know, be up by at least 14, if not more points by halftime. And then with the weather conditions being what they are, just ground and pound the rest of the game and take care of business and got a, a chestnut heel. I that's agree. that's what should happen. I agree. I agree. And, and this sets up now, and, and you know, because I, I think that we are in agreement that, that Louisville, from a schematic standpoint, has a pretty serious advantage. So, you know, that that's as far as the X's and O's, I, I think that's, that's where we're at. I, I do want to ask you, just in terms of – the secondary play like that that's been the one spot that's kind of seemed like a sore spot you know Trey Clark has been burnt a little bit uh Jarvis Brownlee has been burnt a little bit we've seen uh some issues uh from uh Kendrick Duncan uh with being out of position and kind of being a little slow I think Josh Minkins so far has been kind of the standout uh in the secondary um what are you thinking about how, how those guys are playing I think especially against Zay Flowers once you see, you know, you've seen what Florida State did with pretty much their, their one big receiver, Big Wilson, uh, who and who just killed Louisville and basically single handedly won the game. Won the game. Like, does that give you cause for? Because I feel like that's kind of the only way that this thing could happen would be kind of a a, a Wilson slash uh, T. Y. Hilton. You know, put the team on my back and just make something happen. Does is that? A worry, like what? What are you thinking about that secondary, and what are you thinking about that that matchup? Because Flowers is the real deal. He was balling last year for Boston College. He's gotten off to a great start this year. Like, like, what do you think about that that situation? I mean, yeah, that is a possibility, and and that's Louisville's weakest position is the secondary, weakest group rather, is a secondary. And if we're gonna look at some people who's gonna give some points. It would be our secondary. The problem is, I just don't think that Boston College is that team that has any sort of. Uh, I don't think they have the quarterback to actually just take advantage of it. And and I think that's like the major issue. Like they they just don't have the weapons to really take advantage of our weakness. We're gonna so, find out. We're gonna find out. But like I said, this is this one of those games. I'm not gonna say it's boring to talk about. But to me, it's it's not so much the Boston College game that's like the real story here. To me, the, the real story with this is these three games, South Florida, Boston College, Virginia, are easily the most winnable games left on the schedule, right? Yes. Easily. Yeah, yeah. I, I was going to say besides James Madison, but hey, James Madison been looking good. <laughs> yeah, they have been looking good. So, so these are easily the most winnable games in the schedule. Yeah. You can come out four and two. And then if you come out four and two, then you got to scratch off just two more wins in the back half of the schedule, which is infinitely harder to get bowl eligible. And to me, like, that's it. Can, can they win? I think Boston College is going to be a win. Virginia, for some odd reason, no matter how weak Virginia is, Virginia always plays us tough, especially in Charlottesville. I think that's probably going to be the bigger test for Louisville than Boston College. It's, it's going to be next week. It's going up to Charlottesville and playing the Cavaliers. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think that's definitely the uh, the most difficult, uh, the more difficult of the two games uh, is definitely Virginia. But of course, Bronco Mendenhall is gone, and, and you know they've kind of moved on. And 
um, you know, that they Virginia is still trying to f- figure out life up there with the new coaching staff, so they haven't necessarily been playing well as uh, either. Um, but I mean, like I said, like I don't think that that Coach Satterfield. You know, uh, if if you're not a person who's just been so pro Coach Satterfield that you just think that he should be back and he should be the coach, uh, and regardless of whether he wins or loses, every you know we know those folks, the folks that are just basically like, look, we got this recruiting class coming in. I think he should be the coach regardless. Like, <laughs> that I, I blatantly disagree with that commentary, but I, I do think that if you get to four and two, then you're at a point to where okay, you're at four and two. Now you have an opportunity to make up for those losses at the beginning of the year to Florida State and to Syracuse because it's basically a get back because, you know, Syracuse A should not have beaten you down the way they did. That was absolutely embarrassing uh, to start the season. And you let one get away versus Florida State. So then those last six games that we talked about, that's an opportunity. Every, every win at that point besides James Madison is a, a chance to get back a game that you lost early in the season, if that makes sense. So, you know, you beat Pittsburgh, that makes up for, you know, blowing it against Florida State. You figure out a way to beat NC State, that's a way to make up for losing to Syracuse. Then you're back on track. But, like, at this point, Louisville is going to have to make up ground. They're going to, you know, if you, if you want to have the season that we talked about that was expected at eight wins, you're going to have to get back two games that you lost which means not only beating James Madison, but that means knocking off a of Pittsburgh and a NC State or knocking off a of Clemson or knocking off Kentucky on the road. Like that, That's what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to knock off at least two of these teams um, that you didn't expect as well as get one more. So, I mean, you're, you're talking about, what, three, four wins in the last six? Yes. To, to get back to what was expected? I mean, but that's the situation that you've put yourself in. I'm and these not, would be all games in which you would be an underdog. Yeah. Yeah, except like I said, except for James Madison, you're going to be underdog in, in pretty much all these games if things go as expected, um, you know. But but we'll see. I mean, Wake Forest is on the road at Florida State today, um, so you know, depending upon how Wake Forest goes over the next several weeks, there's an opportunity where Louisville may um, end up a slight favorite by the time they get to that game, uh, you know. But that still remains to be seen. So you know, it's it's a lot to play out. It's a, it's a lot to happen. I think that that Louisville football is in a position to where they can't they can only harm themselves and they can only hurt their situation with a loss. Um, so you know, I I think at that point you pretty much just have to let the chips fall where they may. If they get there, if they take care of business this week and take care of ne- business next week, then we can start having a conversation about um, if Louisville football is ready to take that next step. But you pretty much don't play a game that matters until the 22nd of October uh, when Pittsburgh comes to the Derby City. Uh, and that's going to be the next game that matters. And then we'll start talking about, okay, Haven, like, it's game on now. But you got to get to that point. you got to get to 4-2. You cannot lose to Boston College, and you cannot lose to Virginia. And, and I don't think there much else needs to be said about it. Now, any loss in, in, this, in these three games, they took care of business against South Florida, but you trip up at all against Boston College of Virginia, then you really, really put yourself on the eight ball as far as making a bowl or anything else or, or salvaging the season at that point. Because then you're probably looking at if you lose either of these two games – then that Kentucky game may come down to you being bowl eligible. <laughs> and we've seen how that's gone the past couple of years. Oh, you lose one of these games, and it's almost a guarantee that that's probably going to be the scenario, is that you're coming, having to go on the road to Lex Vegas to get, you know, bowl eligible. You don't want that. So you know what? Get out there on the road. 
Take care of business. Go on up to Boston. Take care of business. You know what? This is Wake Up 502, 96.1 FM, Big X Sports Radio. When we come back, Haven, we got to get into this basketball stuff. Louisville basketball, you know. They, they, Can't they, be stopped, baby. What they, are you talking about? Open up Denny Crum Hall. He won those games. <laughs> Kenny Payne talked to the media. DJ Wagner News. All that much, much more coming up here. Wake Up 502, and we'll be back. Big X Sports Radio. Travel I've had my share, man. I've been everywhere. I've been to Pittsburgh, Parkersburg, Gravelburg, Colorado, Ellensburg, Rexburg, Vicksburg, Eldorado, Laramore, Atmore, Havistock, Chapman. Up 502 is going down on a Saturday morning. Sean Myers Haven Harrington to take care of you. 96.1 FM. Little Curtis Blow. We playing basketball. Haven, it is officially basketball season, brother. The practice opened yesterday. Louisville unveiled Denny Crum Hall on uh, I believe it was Thursday morning. Uh, went out there, all the dignitaries, Denny Crum in, in attendance uh, there to see the amazing new venue for uh, uh, Cardinals men's and women's basketball, as well as uh, several other groups of students and athletes. Uh, an amazing facility. Like, man, these kids now, like the facilities, what they get to, you know, the, the way they get to live is absolutely just plush <laughs> and by the way just make sure if you want to check in or talk about anything that's going on this morning 502-414-1450 is the thornton's text line 384-1450 that's 384-1450 um is the uh wake up 502 buzz line uh if you want to give us a call there and make sure if you get the opportunity, come on out this afternoon after the football game is done. We will be live out 21st in Germantown, 1481 South Shelby Street. Um, you know, I, I continue to talk about all the great things going on. We had an amazing turnout uh, last week uh, for Wake Up 502. Uh, great crowd, great interaction, great food. Um, I'm still continuing to take my tour around the menu. Uh, you know, went, went with the uh, – I believe I had what the BLT uh, burger. It was I think no, it wasn't a BLT burger. It was a, it was some sort of BLT, but it wasn't just a BLT. It was wonderful. I, all I know is it had Texas toast and cheese on it, and uh, you know bacon, bacon and lettuce, and it was just wonderful. Uh, no, it was the chicken. The BLT. Uh, it was the club. It was the BLT club. So I had the chicken, bacon, lettuce, tomato. Uh, it was fresh. It was crisp. It was amazing. Um, you know, make sure you guys come out. If you have not been out there, you are missing out. That's 1481 man, South Shelby see, Street. Rashawn. And we had Haven in attendance last week for the first let, time. Let me tell you something, man. Like, you're selling it short because we went straight off the rails. <laughs> we did. 
We went straight off awesome. the rails. It was like literally like one of our old main event after darks. We we were broadcasting. Don't 11. say we went all the way. You went off the rails. You came in and you just chose violence. I did. That's what happened. I went straight off the rails. <laughs> I took you showing directions that you probably never should have gone in. Yeah, it was. It was. It was an amazing events it was an amazing experience because we're unfiltered that's true you can say what i can say like whatever i want to say you can and you did i did <laughs> like i'm about to say like you know what <laughs> i'm gonna i'm gonna let you start the segment about the basketball team yes sir then i'm just gonna give you my unfiltered response okay Sounds good. Okay, so so let's let, let, let's go at it like this. So you know, of course, we're, we're excited. Denny Crum Hall is amazing and awesome, and and those kids have pretty much everything. And I'm quite jealous of the college experience that they have. Uh, that's I think I'm okay saying that. Um, I know I am. Since my <laughs> freshman year, I didn't have air conditioning. <laughs> yeah, you know, I was in Atlanta, Georgia, in the dorm with no air conditioning. Every student has their own room with like kitchen, full kitchen, dishwasher, washer and dryer, any countertops, like a, a, a private, uh, a private, you know, bedroom suite, stainless steel appliances. It's crazy. It is insane. As well as all the video boards and meeting rooms inside the the facility, waterfall um, showers, unbelievable jacuzzis. I mean, it's it's just it's crazy. Oh, hold on, Haven. Hey, you know what? Four one four fourteen fifty uh Thornton's text line. We got a text in, just popped up, so I'm gonna go ahead and read it because it looks like it is definitely on uh on brand with what we're about to talk about. It says good morning, wake up five oh two, main event, the culture. I have a dream. I have a dream that uh that at the very end of Louisville Live, DJ Wagner is the surprise guest and commits to Louisville. Crowd erupts, goes home happy, and is the talk of the town. <laughs> <laughs> well, unfortunately, Texter, it's probably not gonna happen. And that was <laughs> like you definitely segued, so I appreciate it. So Louisville basketball did it, get it up and rolling, and we see the the videos and and all the the, the shaking hands and kissing babies there with, with Louisville basketball. Is that there's been a six eight month hype tour. Uh, and just kisses being blown, Kenny Payne's way, as would be expected for a favorite son coming back home and, and taking over the alma mater. Um, but earlier in the week, Travis Branham, 247 Sports, um, put out a tweet advising that um, DJ Wagner and his teammate Aaron Bradshaw, two five stars, number four and number two, respectively, I believe currently in the 247 Sports ratings, um, have made the decision that they will be attending Big Blue Madness. I believe it's the 14th of October. Okay, and everybody was like, okay, well, we figured DJ and Bradshaw would be going there. Um, so are they coming to Louisville Live the next week? That was the question on the 21st. And that question was answered by a tweet by Travis Brandom about 20 minutes later. It is not expected that DJ Wagner nor Aaron Bradshaw will make a return trip to Louisville. And with that, the likelihood of DJ Wagner coming to Louisville is pretty much done. And, you know, one of the things that that Haven, that I discussed at the beginning of this whole situation with, with, with Kenny Payne, 
and, and, and bringing him in as, as the head coach. The, the whole conversation was surrounded around Kenny Payne and his ability to immediately impact the recruiting trails because in, in basketball, you can have a quick turn, program turnaround because you know, all you need is a couple of elite guys and you can completely change the fortunes of your basketball team. And I could have sworn when we were looking at all the options and all the possibilities that, you know, the, the, the biggest selling point for bringing in KP was the fact that you could immediate, immediately, immediately, I, and I'm going to say it again, because this was the expectation, this is what people were sold, was immediate impact on the recruiting trails. Okay? And not that it's over. But I said at the time, back in April, you can go pull the receipts, you can check the tweets, you can pull up Wake Up 502. I said the one fear of bringing in a guy with no coaching experience and basically hanging your hat on his ability to get players is that before he ever coaches his first game, the bloom could be off the rose if these recruiting battles don't go the way you think they are. And it's not to a point to where I'm saying it's over because the one thing I know about recruiting is things can change. DJ Wagner could change his mind and he could end up at Louisville Live. DJ, uh, Aaron Bradshaw could do the same thing. You still have a couple of guys out there in A.J. Johnson and Isaiah Miranda who could make their you know, call for Louisville. But the problem is, as it stands today, not one of the kids that I just mentioned of those four. Those are basically the only four elite prospects that Louisville is still in on. You only got four of them left for 2023, Haven. Four. Louisville does not lead for any of those players. So I am, you know, cut my teeth on the recruiting side. This is what I do. This is what I've done. I know the way the recruiting game works, and I know the ups and downs of recruiting. So when I say the bloom could be off the rose, it's not a guarantee. But right now, it's looking a little scary, at least from that end. And at that point, you're basically just stuck with hoping. And I say hope because nobody's ever seen it. You hope that Kenny Payne is one hell of a basketball coach. What say you? So what I'm going to say is this. When we first started talking about Kenny Payne and when Mac was leaving and Kenny Payne was kind of put out there as the guy we need to get. Yes. Like, he's the guy. And we were like, well, you know, maybe Mark Jackson. You know, he he built the modern-day Golden State team. Like, that's his roster. Like, what you look at with Golden State right now with Draymond Green and all those guys. Right. That's all Mark Jackson. Right. He put that whole thing together. Proven coach. Yeah, NBA coach of the year. Yeah, NBA coach of the year, proven coach. Kelvin Sampson, proven winner, wins everywhere. National coach of the year. Everywhere he's been, he's been a winner, even with less talent. Yeah. He coaches him up, he wins. Absolutely. For a while, you were caping Bruce Pearl from Tennessee. Yeah. N- another proven winner. National coach of the year. <laughs> Guy who's done it before, right? Yeah. Doing it right now at Auburn. Just had the, you know, the number three pick in the NBA draft. So, fast forward. You know, Kenny Payne is is, is is their parent. And everybody's like, Kenny's our dude, right? We, we got to go get Kenny. If you get Kenny, you get DJ Wagner. If you get Kenny, you're going to get a bunch of five-star recruits. 
And immediate was the word that was used, right, Haven? Immediate was the word, yes. It wasn't, well. Give him some time. That was never the conversation. Let the cake bake. That was never the conversation. No, but that was our conversation. Our conversation was, hey, I like Kenny Payne. I've met Kenny Payne several times. He's he's an awesome man. Great guy. But he's a rookie head coach. He's going to make some mistakes. You're going to get mad at him. And he's been out of the game for more than two years off of college campuses or, you know, off the college sideline. And we were like, give him some time because he's going to make a lot of mistakes his first time out because this is his first time ever being a head coach at any level. So you're going to have to give him some grace. Yes. And people ridiculed us for that. Yes. What are you talking about? Give him some grace. You guys – you guys hate on the black coach. How can the two black guys hate on the black coach? <laughs> and it's not the two black guys hate on the black coach. It's the two black guys knowing that how unrealistic expectations can doom a promising coaching career. Yeah. So we were actually trying to look out for our brother Kenny Payne by trying to bring back some of the hype. You know, trying to let you know what well, if he doesn't get DJ Wagner, it's not over. If he doesn't get all these five star guys, it's okay. Give him some time because it's going to take a while to build this back up. Okay, well, first of all, I'm not going to say it was okay if he doesn't get D.J. Wagner because I said if we're going to bring in a guy with zero coaching experience, you best damn well be able to get players. And one thing that nobody thought about or nobody even considered would be a possibility was his stance against utilizing NIL to help get players here and deciding that I only want guys that's going to come for the right reason, so I'll take lesser guys and lesser talent if they don't have to worry about NIL. And while we do have NIL and while guys will get NIL deals here, I'm not going to have that conversation. And I think that it stands to reason that that's a good question when it comes to, you know, DJ, Aaron Bradshaw, possibly even A.J. Johnson, because we know A.J. Louisville's primary competition for A.J. Johnson right now it's Texas, and we know Texas will drop a bag in a heartbeat. Oh, won't think twice about it. In a heartbeat to get a player. Louisville already lost one player, the number one transfer, the, the kid that transferred from Iowa State. Main reason Louisville didn't get him, they weren't ready to play the NIL game because Kenny said he wants kids that want to be here for the right reason. Nobody thought bringing in UK's quote-unquote ace uh, recruiter, the guy who was responsible for you know closing the deals, with a, we heard it. Carl Anthony Towns, uh, you know, talking about the Harrison twins, talking about B- Booker and, and Randall and all these guys that he was just so instrumental with. The guy that, you know, brought in all these five stars. Now we're hearing a whole completely different pivot on why it's okay that this is not the way it's going to happen, but that was not the, the, the talk going in. But, no, to continue your point, go ahead. I, I mean, no, it's we knew it was going to take time for a guy that had zero experience, right? We knew it, and we said it over and over again. We said it, and we got ridiculed for it, belittled. Yeah. Everybody talked about us. You hate Kenny Payne. You hate Kenny Payne. You hate Kenny Payne. Said, no, we love Kenny Payne. Love That's him. why we're trying to tap down the hype. Love him. Because we don't want this man to come in here with all this hype, and then everybody – get completely demoralized when it doesn't pan out the first one or two years. Haven, I heard somebody tell me this week, somebody that I know and trust and knows a lot about Louisville basketball, this is how hype Kenny Payne has people. 
He said, I don't think Kenny Payne's going to have a great year, but I expect for him to at least get 24 wins. <laughs> Coming out the box. So 24 wins. So that's all. So, like, here's the issue with that, with those 24 wins. One, college basketball is a guards game. We have great big men. Even got a great big man transfer, right? Yes, sir. But college basketball is a guards game. It is no longer where you can have, like, uh, you know, the towers of power. You know, you got two seven-footers down low, and you can you can beat guys up on the boards and pound it down low. That, that's not the game anymore. College basketball has always been a guards game, and we whiffed on guards. The same way Mac has whiffed on guards when he was here, we're still whiffing on guards. But, Haven, can you call it whiffing on guards when you just willfully just did not go out there and pursue them because you just decided to turn your nose up? Yeah. You call it whiffing? Because, I, like, you, I can't call it whiffing, no, though. No, you just no, decided no, not no. to take them. You can call it whiffing because the, the offers were out there. So, hence, that's a whiff. Okay. You had the offers out there. The offers on the table. You offer these kids and talk to them. I feel like you just walked right by them. <laughs> you didn't whiff on them. Like, whiff, j- like, insinuates you actually took a swing and you just didn't hit the target. They did take the a swing. The target was standing there. It was like T-ball. No, the he did take. sitting there. No, he, d- he did take he a swing. He just put the bat down and didn't even swing. No, it may not have been a good swing. <laughs> may have been a half-effort swing, but it was a swing and a miss. You know what it kind of reminds me of? You remember how everybody, <laughs> and I hate, I hate to do this, but it's, it's the truth. Like, you remember when everybody was on this whole Fast and Furious kick where they were making fun of uh, Dom Toretta and all those memes talking about, you know, nuclear bombs may be strong, but it's not as strong as family. (laughs) I feel like the Louisville recruiting pitch right now is NIL may be great, but it's not as great as UFL's belief in family. I feel like that this is the, the... like, we have this whole family is stronger than everything deal going on right now. And I just, I don't know if that's the best tactic. But you know what? We have pretty much Haven 30 days from today. We will know everything 30 days from today. Louisville Live will be over with. Um, kids will start making their decisions. I believe the um, start of the early signing period is like around November 3rd or so, that Wednesday um, uh, or Thursday, something like that. Um, that'll be when the early signing period starts, and then we'll know. But I'm telling you what, man, like right now, these recruiting efforts for 2023 are on life support. And it's a very scary proposition to think that, you know, we already know what the roster is for this coming season. Um, And there's going to have to be a lot of overachievement for this team to even get close to sniffing. I mean, 24 wins is that, that's that a lot like of a bit of a, a pipe dream. Um, but, you know, I, I think that it's going to take a little bit. But you know what? I, I think we got somebody on the line here, uh, the Wake Up 502 buzz line, 384-1450. We got our brother Wayne on the line. Wayne, good morning, brother. How you doing? Good morning, Sean. You and Haven. How you guys doing this morning? Doing, doing well. good, my man. Doing good. Good, good. You know, I'm always listening. And I'll, I'll make a very quick comment. I'm not even worried about recruiting. And the reason, the reason why I say that is this. He'll get the players that want to be there. I, you know, I would love to have Wagner just like anybody else. But I'll have you on and I'll say this. Kentucky, they get all they want. But where are the championships? Where are the championships? You get all this five-star championship, but where is the rings? 
if you don't if you don't get a ring, you haven't done a thing. You can get all the talent you want, but it should equate to rings. That's see, that's what I look at. I I, I if you, I look at the, the the team that gets the ring, all these players that go everywhere else, and the schools that they choose, where are the rings? What is Texas won? Where where's the ring? They didn't they didn't get a ring when they had the ring. See, mm-hmm. that's what I look at. I look at the people. He can, he'll get the people that want to be in his system. They want to be there. I don't worry about that. It, it will all pan out. It will all play out. And it, it, it will come to pass. Hey, Wayne, and, hey, and Wayne, look, look, Wayne, can I ask you a question real quick about that? And I do, and I, do I definitely understand. I mean, you know, when you talk about the track record, you can look at Chris Beard. Uh, Chris Beard has not made it. Uh, he, he did make it to the Final Four. He got to the championship game, um, you know, with Texas Tech. Um, had an opportunity. Of course, we, we know the, the track records of Bruce Pearl um, and all those guys. So basically everybody, we know what they've done so you can kind of look at their blemishes. But with Kenny Payne, he his record is 0-0. Zero and zero. And I think right. that's the question about it. While you can point at, you know, we know that Calipari's had shortcomings with players and he's not made it, but – what what gives you so much faith that, you know, I understand the thought that, you know, you want to get the players that can be here, but with a guy who's completely unproven, um, what gives you that faith to believe that he can get that done without bringing in the talent that, truthfully, Wayne, you know that that was the thought, is that with bringing in Kenny Payne, right. it was going to be an immediate influx of talent, and that hasn't happened. So what gives you that faith? Okay, and the reason the reason why I say that, and, and with these recruits, you know as well as I do, people get in these kids' ear. They they hear what they want to hear. They do what they want to do. And I'll give you, and, you know, yeah, he, he's unproven, but Hubert Davis was, un, was unproven as well. What did he do? I, I will what, point what out that, there, that that Hubert Davis did have like five five star players on that roster, though, Wayne. Well, right, that makes he, a difference. Louisville isn't Louisville isn't dealing with that. He yeah, he didn't have experience, but he also had an elite. You're talking about elite. You're talking about Caleb Love, R.J. Davis. That's two top ten five star players. He, he, had, he had talent. Armando Baycott, top five. I'll bring him that. He he had talent. That's a that's so a different situation. It can, it can be done. Yes, it can be done. But the, at the end of the day, even if you got the talent, it, it doesn't always equate to the win. Right. True. True, but, I, but you, you you can't disagree that it definitely helps to have talent on the roster. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> we, we don't have we don't, we don't we don't have no beef. That you know that you know my my opinion is just like yours. Absolutely, talent. You know, talent. Uh, what the saying goes, talent cures a myriad of sins. Yes. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. But we, we'll just have to wait and see what happens. But like I said, these kids. And here's another thing. Okay, it, it's, as far as right now, we would love to have it. But I, I'll tell you this. Okay. I don't like kids to BS. If, you, if you're going to UK, just say it. Right. What are you waiting on? If that's where you want to go, go do it. What are you waiting on? I don't like kids who like to BS. Yeah. And I that's, agree. That, this, that's what that is. You know where you want to go, just say it. Seems like he's playing on? games. It definitely seems like he's playing games. There you go. It, it, you know, and, and it, 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 all, it always comes out. And, you know, you'll do, what, you do what's best for you. And, and, and I'll say this. You know, you and 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 and, and I, I they, they got that kid in uh, what's his name, Dillingham. Oh yeah, what, yeah, what, Robert Dillingham. Where's he fitting with that guy? You only got one basketball. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then looking at looking at your boy, what's his name, uh, Bradshaw. Yes. He said he didn't want to play with Wagner. 
Yeah. What's up with that? Yeah. I mean, I, I look I look at everything, and I, I go back look look at the confusion at, at his high school. What's up with that? See, I look I look at everything. I don't look at just the talent. Yeah. I look at the background, the backstory, and that's that's what you got to do. But at the end of the day, it only comes down to one thing: win, baby, win. That's it. I don't care where these players go, what they do. As long as we can beat them, I don't care. And 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 the only thing that will shut me up: if you get a ring, then come talk to me. If you don't get no ring, it don't mean the thing. Don't don't say nothing to me. You got the talent, but but what you got to show for it? That's what I look at. But Sean, yes, hey, sir. you know you're my guys, man. I love y'all dearly. Y'all the best. There's nobody like y'all. <laughs> and and, and I, you know, I appreciate y'all for giving me my shot. You know, I'm I'm a, I'm gonna I'm come in with a different slant, but it's always all good. Hey, hey, Wayne. Plus, I'm still waiting for you to come over 21st in Germantown too, brother. You got to come through for the afternoon I show, it. man. I, you you got to come through. I, I, I've been meeting, but you know, my Saturdays are so hectic. But yes. I'm gonna have to take a Saturday and just come on up and be with you guys. You know, I miss. I miss hanging out with you guys. <laughs> Absolutely, man. I, no, really do. I appreciate it, though, Wayne. Thank you so much, brother. Well, I appreciate y'all, man. Y'all have a good one now. All right, now. Thanks. Have a good one, Wayne. That's what I'm talking about. Hey, hey you know the text is already coming in, right? <laughs> so, first of all, thank you, Wayne. If you want to be next to be on the line, 502-384-1450. Wake up 502 buzz line. Uh, got a couple texts into the Thornton's text line, 502-414-1450. Uh, Kevin text in said, DJ was never coming to L. Okay, first of all, that was not the conversation that we were having in February, April, March, May. DJ was never coming, was literally never the conversation. So I don't like it, it's fun, it's funny the pivot that people are trying to take that like act like uh, we knew that this was never going to happen. That's utter bull crap. But you know what I really want to say, you, and it ain't bull crap. I, I just I just want to say that. So yes, I, we the DJ was never coming crowd. That that's the one thing that just <laughs> the the people that say that it was going to take time and that you know you shouldn't expect a guy who's been here for six months or three months to get guys like that. That's baloney. Uh, texter also texts in uh, says uh, <laughs> he says Myers, we know you didn't want KP, but geez, you are hating. No, I'm stating facts. I'm not hating on anything. I appreciate the text in. But what am I ha- having? What have I said that's not been a stone cold fact? The fact that people said that KP, like what, what was the conversation in, in March? Oh, Louisville's going to get Imani Bates. Louisville's going to get, uh, I, I can't remember the kid's name, the transfer from Iowa State. They're going to get this kid to play point guard. He's number one point guard. You put him in the backcourt with, with uh L. Ellis, you know, we're going to get this kid, uh, Smith, the kid from Missouri State, or we're going to get, you know, this this other uh, plug in your transfer from here or there. They're going to get all the top transfers. You know, Louisville's going to immediately turn this roster around. That was the conversation, right? We were told that it would be an immediate impact on recruiting as soon as KP got the job. <laughs> that, was, that was the conversation. That like, was the conversation. And DJ Wagner to, was a part of that conversation. If you want to hear. Hence why we hired Milt Wagner. I'm just going to keep it real. If you want to hear how the Kool-Aid was flowing, go back and listen to any episode of um, uh, Middays with Marcus Maven. I don't need to tell you where they are. You know where they are. Go back and listen to them. Uh, the, the, those calls and you can hear how hard the Kool-Aid was flowing for all these players and we're going to get this dude and that dude and we're just going to stack our team with all these guys. I'm not making things up. No. And, and we 
tried to tried to warn you guys. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Like just like with Satterfield, we tried to warn you guys. <laughs> Pump your brakes a little just bit. Calm down. Pump. I'm not saying that Kenny's not going to be a great coach. No, I'm not saying that. He could be a, a, an excellent coach. We don't know because he's never been head coach before. I have no idea. I have no idea. So, I don't have a thought one way or the other. I have no idea what he's going to do. But don't tell me. Don't try to change and flip the conversation because everybody's trying to ignore the conversation that was had. I want one person to come out and admit, yes, this is what we said. Yes, that did not happen. It's way different than what I thought. If you give me that, that's fine. That's all I'm looking for. Keep it real. That's it. Keep it real. I don't care. Like it's we're all Cardinal fans. I am going to support Kenny Payne. We I'm gonna ride and die with him. But don't change your conversation I mean, and then act like it didn't happen. That's I mean, my only point. We've said I don't know how many times we've said and had to say it. We like Kenny Payne. Yes, we love Kenny Payne. I love Kenny Payne as a person. I'm. Got a chance to meet Kenny Payne several times, interview Kenny Payne. I don't know how many times. I love Kenny Payne. I want I want to see Kenny Payne succeed, but putting unreal expectations, unreal hype on somebody, yeah, it was just does not help them succeed. It only helps them fail faster. I agree. Oh, te- texter to pop back in. Uh, Kevin said he said no pivot. DJ Senior's remarks about Cal and U of L told me the kid was UK to begin with. Well, Kevin, I'm gonna say to you this: your text. In March, did not say DJ was never coming to Louisville. Like you know, like I can I can scroll all the way back to like you know we we have the text line all the way back. Like I didn't hear anybody saying it was definitely a done deal that DJ wasn't coming. That's all I'm saying. Like I I, I my only problem is with people trying to change up. Either DJ was never coming or. Kenny Payne's only been here a couple months. Why would you expect he can get the guys? And we don't need to get the best players because, you know, it's, it's more about building the quote-unquote culture. Oh, and, 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 yeah, that's a blatantly false, incorrect statement also. He said, you wanted to ride with Pegues over KP. Haven, will you please tell me at what point did I ever say, terrible-ass Mike Pegues need to be anything? with the way he ran our big men into the ground and decided he wanted to play Malik Williams over Sidney Curry? Uh, never. That is like ever. I've heard that repeated and parroted more times like over ever. the last. Anybody who ever said that I wanted Mike Pagese as the coach at Louisville over Kenny Payne, never listened to my show. And I know I'm over the top of the hour, and I don't give a damn. Because with you, it's always been about Mike Pagese and Chris Mack. Both of them kick rocks were terrible. Their player development was terrible. The way they got those guys better was horrible. The big men were the worst position on the team. So, no, I never wanted Mike Pegues. I'm sorry, Haven. I, I just had to get that out. You know what? I'm not going to let these people get me out. Let me get man, Curtis Blow. Look, it's, it's time for hour number two. When we get back, if y'all got anything else, say please text in 502-414-1450. Thorns text line. If you want to give me a call, I want you to get on the line. Get on the line. Talk to me. Quit texting me. 502-384-1450. I want to hear from you. Hey, we're going to be back. Hour number two, Wake Up 502 coming at you. Plus, bottom of the hour, 1030, Leanne Herring is calling in to give us our picks for the week. So make sure you tune in for that as well. You listen to Wake Up 502. We'll be back. Big X Sports Radio. 
Isaiah and Iceman too. Just give him the ball and then you chalk up too. Deadly and Wiggins are on the scene and Ralph Simpson is really mean. Bill Russell didn't take no jump and Dal Dawkins got a monster dump. Welcome back to Wake Up 502. A little Houdini, Houdini bringing us back. Hour number two, Big X Sports Radio. Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. And it is on and popping today. I'm telling you, it's, it's <laughs> boy, that Mike Pagee stuff, man. I, I, it, I, you know what? Wayne called back in and said he wanted to check on my blood pressure, make sure I was, I was all right. But that, that Mike Pagee stuff, every time I see that foolishness on Twitter, uh, uh, Facebook, or listen to people on certain shows talking about this dude wanted Mike Pagee's, yeah, that literally never happened in life ever. Like, I was as critical of Mike Pagee's as anybody. Like, anybody who thinks that you need to be playing Malik Williams 35 minutes when the dude can't guard a chair, don't rebound, all he wants to do is stand out and shoot threes, and has the worst attitude I've seen in life, Never ever did I want that dude as ever, anything. Ever, I appreciate ever. I appreciate him. I appreciate, you know, his little speech he gave about it's all about this on the chest. He was a great rah rah dude. But yeah, outside of that, can't coach. absolutely not. Can't coach at all. You know what? And and for people who think I'm just like Rashawn's Ed McMahon, I'm just gonna co sign everything he says. That is patently false. There's been many a times Rashawn and I have gotten heated discussions. About all things sports, like case in point, he hates LeBron James. I like LeBron James. He thinks Kobe Bryant is the greatest leg of all time. I think Magic Johnson is the greatest leg <laughs> of all time. Yes. And we have arguments for days. Oh, Haven argues all, with me on purpose all the time. All the time. All the time. I like Calipari. He doesn't like Calipari. Just get on my damn nerves. <laughs> he does. Okay. So I'm just not agreeing with Rashawn just to agree with Rashawn. We just happen to, to agree on this one topic. I mean, come on, man. Like, nobody wanted Pagese. Come on, bro. Like, Pagese? No, I mean. At the University of Louisville, are you kidding? I mean, you're, you're talking about a guy who caped for Bruce Pearl for a good two months. I mean, come on, man. I said Bruce Pearl. I said Kelvin Sampson. I said Mark Jackson. Like, those were my dudes at, at the top of my wish list. And I was Mark Jackson and Kelvin Sampson. Yeah. In like, reverse order, yeah. Come on, man. Like Mike Pegues was no, I, I, but Pegues was probably the dude that I was more critical with than anybody because I feel like Louisville's had more big man talent than anything else over the last several years, and the big men were by far the worst group of everybody. Like Malik Williams never got any better, ever. <laughs> he never got actually. Any he regressed. Yeah, like literally. So yeah, trust me. When like anybody who said that like I wanted Mike Pegues, you weren't paying attention. You don't listen. You are definitely are listening to my show. 
Hey, but hey, we're going to go ahead and head right back to the uh, Wake Up 502 buzz line. 502-384-1450. We got our buddy Jay Hash checking in this morning. Jay, what's going on, brother? How you doing? I didn't know the buddy. Hey, hey where are you, buddy? Yeah. <laughs> I just got one of uh, a couple of things. How you doing, uh, Haven and uh, my, 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 my cooking buddy? We're going we're gonna to battle sometime, but we're going to come together all as one. What's up, Joe? Ah, Joe is not in the building today. Joe, Joe is on uh, on hiatus at the moment. So. He's on special assignment. Oh, yes. On yes. special assignment. Okay. Yes, sir. Well, listen, I will say this, man. Uh, Abel was talking about, you know, Magic Johnson back in the days. You know, the man was almost seven foot playing guard. Oh, yeah. He was good in his era. But but I, but Kobe ain't no joke. Kobe was a monster. Man. Magic would be good in any era. That, that past ability that. never goes out of style, ever. But that's another argument. We can do that for 10 years on that neighbor. But I just I just wanted to say that to throw my little line in there real quick. But I got a quick question to ask you, man. There's a lot of talk going on behind the scenes with this Satterfield football program and Kenny Payne's basketball program. And I'm just I'm just waiting to see what really happens. Uh, you're talking about that they blew out South Florida last week and they hurrah-rah about that. Should have did, did it against Florida State, but they didn't do it. You yeah. might you might beat Boston College today. You maybe you might not have no clue, but I believe it is that Satterfield does need to go. And I said that you know we all said agreed to that the other day. But it's just that man, I want to get back back to the glory days of of Louisville football and Louisville basketball. I was telling Sean last week. I said, man, I just I was watching a, a silent man on thirty thirty about Louisville basketball man where. They intimidated teams when they come into the to the gymnasium. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah. Get back to the glory days. Whatever sort of dunk dunk behind on Florida State. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And he was a freshman. You know what I'm saying? Gold by Sullivan. You know what I'm saying, Haven? I feel you, Doc. I wanna get back to the glory football days of Louisville Sports, football and basketball, man. If Kenny Payne is the glory guy, make it happen. If it ain't it's time to eat a roll, dude. On that, on that first thing, that that train smoking. Well, you know, it was it was funny when when they talked to Kenny Payne yesterday. Uh, then they asked him about uh, talking about Fabio Basile, and he was like, "Yeah." He said, "Well, I really don't know what a two star or a three star is." And I would <laughs> I would respond to Kenny by saying, "Yeah, that's because when you was at UK, literally all you got was five stars and a couple of." top 40, top 50 kid, four stars on top of it. So, yeah, I bet you don't know what a two or three star is. You never had to deal with them. Yeah, <laughs> you had to deal with them. went to Louisville. You had to deal with it. Yeah, we oh, what, 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 what was he at? Three stars? Kenny Payne? What was he coming out of Kenny you know, Payne? Louisville? I don't know. Kenny Payne would have been a four-star kid. He's top 100 player coming out. Top 100. Yeah, 6'8", six, eight, six, eight, oh. athletic, great defender. Yeah, oh, absolutely. All right, we stop one hundred. Right. Come on, nice touch. Mid range. Well, well you know, what, you know, what, you know what I want to do, Haven Rashad. I want to bless somebody on your show today. Oh, that's what's up. You know, I got a lucky little some lucky charms in my pocket. I know how you do. The first person to listen to this show, I want to call. I got a special gift. I got some Holiday World. I got some uh, all kind of little things I want to give away to somebody. Oh, well, Compliments of 96.1, Haven Harrington and Rashawn Myers, 502. Okay. All you got to do is call 502-889-1366. The first person that calls said, I listened to 502, 
you get a this this gift pack. Look at Jay has. I'm just coming through like uh like Willy Wonka in the morning. <laughs> With a golden ticket. Hey boy, I'm gonna get you laid on. Boy. I got one for you. I'm gonna get you on the house. I told you I want you to drugs, man. Look at Willy Wonka. <laughs> <laughs> and that the hey, we'll talk like Frankie Lanneman back yeah, in the day. See. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, 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 Haven's on one this morning, Jay. You know, you, you know, get a little. I little know, little. man. You know. Who, who can sing better, Frankie Lanneman or Michael Jackson? <laughs> hey, hey, you gonna find out? We gonna find out at this uh, at this game day five hundred two over at twenty first in Germantown later on. I tell you that it's going down. And, uh, uh, no, and, and, and might do a little karaoke later on. No, no, you're not. There it is. There it is. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm on a karaoke tonight. Okay. Okay. Well, there. Hey, so look, there's more incentive to come out 1481 South Shelby Street, so you can listen to Jay Has sing Leonard Skinner. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Mikey Latterman. You gonna do a little comedy? Oh, too. Hey, hey, Jay, you gonna do a little comedy yeah. for him? You gonna do some of that line? Man, you know what? <laughs> you know, truly, you know. <laughs> but you. Are you crazy, man? <laughs> All right, 502. All right, Jay. Appreciate it, brother. In a minute. Yes, In sir. a minute. <laughs> hey, Jay has his selections on the karaoke. If y'all ain't never listened to Jay on some karaoke, that brother's selections are very eclectic. Like Nights in White Satin, Moody Blues. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? He's doing once, twice, three times a lady. He's a very sentimental brother. I will, I will give him that. But uh, we got the, the text. The texts are flying in. Uh, hot and heavy, 502-414-1450. They flying in. Kevin said, yeah, wow. He said, none of my texts said the DJ was never coming. They also didn't say he was coming. Kevin, just not saying anything is not proof that you knew something. If you was not talking about uh, DJ wasn't coming in March, then like that, you don't get bonus points for that. That just means that you just didn't weigh an opinion on it. So I'll just say that, uh-oh, my daddy's checking in this morning. Haven, he's probably gonna yell at me. He said, "Rock, we should have." He said, "We should have brought in Kenny instead of Mac in the first place." I disagree with that. Coach Mac was the national coach of the year, so that would be a reason why. And he, he had the number one uh, seeded team. Yeah, in, in, in the tournament. So. He says, "But we probably wouldn't have uh, his stellar staff back then that we have now. So they will be integral in helping with the X's and O's." Talking about. Uh, of course, Nolan Smith and, uh, and Danny, Manning. Danny Manning. He said, however, things happen for a reason, and Kenny given a chance instead of those other proven coaches will be over the long haul good for Louisville's basketball legacy. We'll see. We'll see. I, I don't know. I mean, could, could he be I, – I mean, I don't even really have that many first-time coaches as players that have done well. I mean, Clyde Drexler was an absolute train wreck down at Houston. Chris Mullen was horrible at, at St. John's. Patrick Ewing's been terrible at Georgetown. So, I mean <laughs> – I've had a whole lot more examples of guys trying to come back home and be first-time coaches go badly than go well. But, I, I mean, I hope. I mean, that's the hope. You know, you don't want things to go badly. And and I'm not prognosticating that things won't go well. You well know? The, the question is, is how long <clears throat> are we going to give Kenny Payne? And not we as just me and you, but the yeah, fan base. Everybody. The, the patience. I mean, because, you know, like I said, I, I fully expect, especially because he has an extremely difficult schedule. I mean, that's why I said 24 wins is – to me, almost a pipe dream. Like, with that schedule, that schedule would be difficult to get 24 wins if Rick Pitino was the coach with this roster. 
You know, I mean, if Rick Pitino had a better roster, I'd say, okay, well, then Rick would be able to get that going. But with this roster, with so many new guys having to play integral roles, you talk about a freshman in Kamari Lands, a freshman in Fabio Basile, um, and a lot of other guys that um, have not been consistent enough to be considered guys you can lean on. Um, that would be a big-time chore. Uh, and I don't care if Chris Mack's coach. I don't care if Rick Pitino's coach. Hell, I don't care if Denny Crum was the coach. It would be difficult to get 24 wins against this schedule with this competition. Um, that's going to be a tough ask. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what happens. But, um, you know, I, I mean, it, it's, it remains to be seen what's going to happen. But I, I am, like I said, now that we're here and this is who we have and this is what we're doing, like I'm going to stand by my man. And, and Kenny Payne is my man now. So, you know, I'm going, I'm going to roll with them. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'm not going in there talking, you know, arms folded. I'm going to cheer. I'm going to break down every way possible for Louisville to get these wins. But, you know, uh, my only point of this whole conversation was just talking about the hype expectation and the talk that happened when this man was brought in. And what has happened has been different. And the fact that people don't even want to admit that things have gone differently than what was thought or what a lot of people expected, you know, I, I want to, uh, an honest conversation about that. Like, that that's all, you know. Like, don't get mad at me for literally bringing up stuff. Like, don't, don't come. It's kind of like when you talk about Haven, you, you know, you're big on the political side. Don't don't have a bunch of campaign promises talking about, you know, lower taxes and, and health care and all this stuff. And then you get into office and none of that has anything to do with anything that you're trying to do in office and then not expect people to talk about it. You know, I mean, that, if that's the platform that you ran on, then that's, that's what you expect be, to see. Exactly. I mean, that's my only point. That's my only point. So <clears throat> don't shoot the messenger. We got one more text in. Uh, to, well, the text been flying in this morning. 502-414-1450. says, this is Dre. I'm drinking the Kool-Aid, and I'm, uh, he said, and I'm still uh, on uh, the Kenny Payne bringing in five-star recruit train. The Iowa State player was Tyrese Hunter. Thank you. Yeah, Tyrese Hunter, like people thought that it was going to be a backcourt. Tyrese Hunter, L. Ellis, Imani Bates on the wing, bringing Kamari Lands, uh, you know, still have Sid Curry, Brandon Huntley Hatfield. Like that, that was the conversation. That was the conversation. It was. Like, and then you had DJ Wagner and Aaron Bradshaw coming in right behind them. And, you know, they, those guys were going to be the, the people to signal that Louisville basketball was back. And then other guys were going to come because DJ Wagner's coming because he's such a well known prospect. Like, that was literally the conversation. Because the thought was Kenny was going to get enough talent to show up any coaching shortfalls he may have yeah. being a rookie head coach. That was the conversation, Haven. That was the conversation. But now we'll see. We'll see. We'll, we'll see what he can do because he's got what he has now. Um, and there is a lot of size. There's a lot of length. Oh, trust me. There are shows here on the airwaves locally that will tell you that how much size they got. They got six seven and six eight and six nine and six ten, and they just got they can put in an all seven foot lineup. But can they dribble? <laughs> exactly. Can they dribble? Can they pass? Can they shoot? Do they have IQ? Let's see. Let's see what all that size means, because I know a lot of the size came back from last year, and that size wasn't doing much of that last year. So <laughs> let's just see. Let's just wait and see. Let's let's just chill out on, on that. But I know we're we're going to be getting to Leanne at the bottom of the hour, Haven. And I did want to ask you about a couple other things before um, we got to Leanne. Um, this whole situation. First of all, congratulations to Lamar Jackson. Did not win Offensive Player of the Week one month or one week <laughs> in the month of September, but then ended up winning Offensive Player of the Month. So the NFL, after being completely ridiculous about not giving this man his props, 
did ultimately give him the Offensive Player of the Month. Uh, two black quarterbacks got Offensive Player of the Month for the first time since 1990. Do you know what two black quarterbacks won the AFC and NFC Player of the Month back then? Can you take a guess? Rum Moon and Cunningham. Very nice. Winner, winner, chicken dinner. Look at him. Come on, man. I, and I dropped that on you all because I know you wasn't paying no attention to my tweet. So I, I know you wasn't, you know, you didn't steal it from me. That's pretty good. Yes. First time since uh, Warren Moon and Randall Cunningham did it, uh, you know, back uh, in 1990. Uh, Lamar Jackson and Jalen Hurts, you know, offensive players of the month. So, I mean, that's huge, man. That's 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 saying something about the, the, the position that they're in. It also says, I did not expect for Jalen Hurts to be this good in the NFL. <laughs> like I did not either. People but tried he's to call balling. Lamar Jackson. Like, uh, uh, Colin Cowherd, I heard somebody put out an old Colin Cowherd rant from when Lamar Jackson was taken. He said Lamar Jackson is going to be a black Tim Tebow. <laughs> <laughs> like, which I thought was hilarious, just because like you, you never li- literally never watch him. I literally did think that Jalen Hurts was gonna be the Black Tim Tebow when he got to the NFL, but Jalen Hurts has been good with the Eagles, so I I gotta give him his props. He's not Lamar Jackson. He's never gonna be Lamar Jackson. He's not damn near close to as good as Lamar Jackson, but he has been a lot better than what I thought he was going to be. So big uh, props to the Eagles, and it's amazing what you do when you got like playmakers. They got AJ Brown. You know, they got weapons at wide receiver, and you see what happens. I can't think of the other kid, the Alabama receiver that they have, um, that they drafted. Um, Jackson, uh, what's the name? Uh, the one, the Heisman, um, not Deshaun Jackson. I can't think of the guy's name. But they got the other kid, the, the Heisman winner uh, from, uh, from Alabama as well. Uh, Smith, no, Devontae Smith. I said Jackson. Devontae Smith. I was thinking, thinking of Deshaun Jackson. They got Devontae Smith there. They brought in uh, A.J. Brown as a free agent. It'd be nice if Lamar Jackson gets some of them weapons. But, but, you know, Rashad Bateman's been holding it down. So, congratulations, old fellas. But what do you think about this Tua Tagovailoa thing? It's a like, travesty. Like, uh, that, that's what I wanted to ask you no, before we get no, it's, it's a travesty. Because first of all, he shouldn't have played this game. Because, like, last week's game, he got pushed down from the, uh, by the Bills. And the play was over. He got pushed down. It was a fifteen-yard penalty. He hit, he hit the ground. His head snapped. He got back up, and he was woozy. And you could tell he was woozy because that it helped him up. And he was staggering and stumbling and fell down. They had to come get him. So you know he shouldn't have one. He shouldn't have finished that game against the Bills. The uh, you know the protocol should have kept him out. Yeah. But you know the doctors on the sideline cleared him and everything else. And you know this week he gets hit, and when he goes down and. He, it was a scary hit. I mean, the hit at first, like, didn't look all that hard, really. Uh, but when you see him, and he goes straight to the fencing maneuver. And for those who don't know, the fencing maneuver is when, like, when he gets such a, a traumatic brain injury, your body kind of tenses up. Right. So a lot of people thought that, you know, Tua may have broken his hand because, what the, by the way, he was holding his fingers. That That's the fencing, that, that, that's the fencing maneuver right there where he had to suffer a brain injury. And your body tense up. You, you tend to draw your arms up, and you know you curl your hands, and, that, and that's what we saw. I mean, it's insanity. The fact that you take that hit and you leave him in the game versus the Bills, and then you come back and you play this man Again. on a short week. On a short week, though. Yes. Four days. It's Four crazy, days and he's back out there. That's criminal. Like that. That's as bad as when RG three, when the 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 Broncos. Was it the Broncos? No, it's the Redskins. Redskins with Shanahan. Yeah, the Redskins with Shanahan. Just basically RG3, knowing that he was injured, knowing that his knee was was not 
near 100% and you just running them into the ground. I feel like that's the same thing that the, that the Bills did with Tua. That's exactly what they did. Knowing you have a good backup. Mm. Yes. You have, you have an experienced backup with Teddy Bridgewater. You could have got him ready all, you know, especially on a short week. You, you probably needed to get him all those reps and let him go out there. That's why you go out and get him, right? That's exactly why you got a competent backup. And, you know, and, and who knows what this is going to do for, for Tua's career, like how, how it's going to shorten it. Because he's going to miss probably a couple of months. I'm going to tell you what, the thing that worries me about Tua – and this has been something that's been an issue with him even when he was back at Alabama because I remember Louisville getting some nice shots on him. He has his pocket awareness of guys around him is not good. You know how guys just kind of have that internal clock and they can kind of feel when the pressure's coming from the left or the right and they get out of there instinctually? He doesn't really have that. So when he gets back there and the guys are kind of coming down on him, he does not do well with feeling that and just naturally moving to get out of the way of hits. Because uh, th- th- that was one of the issues that um, uh, Troy Aikman had, is that Troy Aikman didn't a have uh, – yeah, He didn't really feel the heat that well. So he would just take monstrous shots because he didn't really angle his body to either lessen the blow or get out of the way of oncoming traffic. He would just take those hits head on. And, you know, I think he was probably had more con- more diagnosed concussions in the NFL than any other quarterback in NFL history, I believe. Um, you know, and, and I, I, th- that's what worries me for Tua. He just does not have that sense in the pocket. And that scares, that scares me for him long term. Well, it's scary now because we've had two serious back-to-back concussions. And after that first one, you never gave your body a chance to heal from it. And then you have another bad concussion. Yeah. You know, that's the scary part. Well, I tell you what, prayers up to Tua Tagovailoa. Just not even him from a, a football perspective, just as a being able to walk and enjoy your life and not oh. having issues. In Ravens, perspective. pay the man. Pay the man. Pay the man. Hey, big big game coming up. Bills, Ravens. Bills on the road in Baltimore. Baltimore wearing their color rushes, all purple joints on on Sunday. Cannot wait. And plus, this game should not be a 1 o'clock game on CBS. That should be either a Sunday night football, Monday night game. Primetime, baby. Come on, NFL. What are you doing? Two of the most dynamic quarterbacks Ugh. in the league. Hey, you know what? We're going to go ahead and hit this break. When we come back, Leanne Herring is going to be joining us. We're going to have our world-famous pick segment. And break down up. some UK Ole Miss. And absolutely, that's going to happen. Hey, One Love, Wake Up 502, Big X Sports Radio. One
welcome back to Wake Up 502 with Rashawn Myers. And y'all know what that music means. It is time for the lady of the hour, Leanne Herring. Leanne, how you doing this morning? Good morning, good morning. Happy game day, happy game day. I can't believe it. I was just looking, you know, going over, uh, looking at the lines before I came, you know, see, getting the updates and stuff. Man, I cannot, Rashawn, I cannot believe we're already on week five of college football. It seems like we just we just kicked off, and, you know, now we're we're about to get into the into the heart of the action with conference play and everything. Uh, Louisville on the road uh, to BC, a big game, a lot of big games, a lot of trap games, uh, you know, as far as a, as far as a sports betting well is concerned, could very well happen and uh, maybe a few upsets brewing especially in the SEC I think absolutely you know what and, and, and that is right there and Haven Haven has been bothering me Leanne he done told me 75 times to make sure I ask Leanne about her thoughts about her, her favorite love the the old Miss Rebels and UK so I, I'm gonna give you I'm gonna start with this game because I want plenty of time for you to talk about this game tell me about what you see um, tell me about your thoughts on it um, just everything. I, so I, I am going to give you the floor right, right now, uh, of course, uh, uh, via the Caesar Sportsbook here on ESPN.com. They have all the Caesars, the, the lines for Caesars. So uh, we have Ole Miss as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, uh, laying six-and-a-half at home. The most hated Kentucky Wildcats coming to town, to the you know, to going that, down to Ole Miss. So, so just give me your thoughts on, on everything Ole Miss and Kentucky. This is going to be – I never thought we'd be saying this, but this could be a pivotal game down the road um, in the SEC overall because you got UK, of course, you know, sitting in number three in the SEC East, and then you got Ole Miss over there on the SEC West. Of course, someone's going to leave Oxford today or, you know, or go straight into the locker room undefeated, or, or and, and someone's going to stay, you know, not defeated anymore. I think this is going to be an interesting game, and honestly, as, as biased as, as my. Uh, my time is for Ole Miss and UK, this game could either go really Either way, I, I ta- I've talked about it a couple times on some different Kentucky shows this week. Um, you know, like I said, it, it's going to be a heater, and it's going to be. I think it's going to be a lot closer matchup because you got to understand that the Kentucky Wildcats and the Ole Miss Rebels have been in tremendous rebuilding. They finally have found themselves two head coaches. Uh, you know, the Cats with with Stoops, and then of course, obviously Lane Kiffin, who have not just you know rebuilt the rebuilt the X's and O's within the program and recruiting and, and the coaching staff, but also have just really rebuilt the culture, you know, uh, for Kentucky and for Ole Miss. And that's made it, that's been a huge game changer for both these programs. And for me, um, you know, you could go on and on about this game. Uh, of course, the Cats get Chris Rodriguez back. Uh, the run game has been a friend or a foe, but we'll see if that of having Chris Rodriguez back along with, you know, uh, some of their key uh, key young receivers like Tavian Robinson, you know, some of their young breakaway guys and all that, uh, Dan Keyes. Uh, if they're going to be able to match up with this Ole Miss defense, and this is going to be key on both sides of the ball, is what defense uh, is going to dominate uh, early and consistently in this. It's going to be the Cats' front seven against the Rebs' run game, and then, of course, the Ole Miss pass rush against the Cats' O-line. I've gone back and forth. You know, I thought this line might hit seven. And for me, uh, you know, uh, I like the Rebels to win this one, but I think I think that Kentucky is going to hang. I, I think this is going to be a lot closer in this one. So I'm going to take the Cats to cover on this one. I think ultimately Ole Miss comes out. So if you want to put some big money on the money line, I go with the Ole Miss Rebels to come out with the win. But I think the Cats are going to keep it close. I like that six and a half. And, and, I, and I 
Like I said, I think that uh, the Cats keep it close, and I think this is going to be a lower-scoring game. You see two uh, two really uh, good offenses here. They have a strong run game with two really strong quarterbacks. Of course, Jackson Dart, you know, has has had some, had some struggles in the win over Tulsa, but still has played pretty consistently. And like I said, uh, both these run games are going to be pretty explosive today. So I think we're going to keep it close. But I'm going to take UK to cover in this one. But I'm going to take Ole Miss to to roll on it and stay undefeated in this one. There we go. You know, and I like that. Um, I tell you what, and a very interesting stat, Haven, that I found out about uh, Mark Stoops. As the head coach of the University of Kentucky, Mark Stoops has never beaten an SEC West opponent on the road. <laughs> I, I did not realize that. He's, oh, never, wow. really? he's never won a road game versus an SEC West opponent. Like that, that was something that jumped out to me. I heard um, yesterday uh, listening to, to some local shows. So that that's definitely a big piece of the puzzle right there. That to, to know that Stoops has never won a road game versus an F- I would have thought they beat you know Mississippi State or somebody you know I'd like. But that's that's never happened uh, at, at his tenure at UK. So um, I definitely uh, agree with you, um, Leanne. I think it's gonna be um, ugly. Um, I, I think for both of these teams, neither team. We really got have a grasp on who how good they are. I know Ole Miss is rated 14th and Kentucky 7th, um, but you know with Florida and, and their struggles that they've had um, recently, that win that Kentucky had versus Florida earlier, the kind of the shine and the bloom is off the rose on that. Um, so I don't think it looks as good. So I think we're still trying to figure out just how good both of these teams are. Um, but but I agree with you. I think Ole Miss gets the win. Um, I do think that Louisville, or Louisville that, that Kentucky will keep it close. Um, Rodriguez coming back is definitely going to help that run game that's been awful uh, so far. Um, so I, I think that I'm going to roll with you. I think that, that UK um, keeps it close. I think uh, you know Ole Miss probably by the field goal. So I get, give me the cats and the points. Haven, what do you think? Oh, wow. You know what? <clears throat> I honestly think that uh, I think Kentucky could pull the upset. I really do. I think okay. Levis with his wide receivers and some good play-action passes. Now that Rodriguez is back, they're going to key on Rodriguez. So I think this is a great time to pull some play-action pass and hit one of those dynamic freshman receivers over the middle and uh, and kind of stun the Rebs. Okay. Give me Kentucky by three. No, I'm not there with you. Like I said, I've gone back and forth, and I agree with Haven. I think, like I said, if and like he he just mentioned here, you got to talk about this wide this this receiving core, and if the Ole Miss defense, as good as they are and much improved as they are, uh, if they don't stop, if they don't stop the cats early, I mean, this could get ugly too. So, like, I mean, I could go it either way. Like I said, there there could be some upset alerts in this SEC, and it could very well happen in Oxford, Oxford tonight. Definitely, Today. definitely, yeah. I was gonna say like that, and they they get that kicked off. So that's that's coming right to you. ESPN, the big stick. You're gonna have Louisville on the ACC network. You're gonna have UK Ole Miss on ESPN uh, right out the shoot. So we're we're gonna find out what happens with that. So we're all three taking UK in the points. Uh, even though me and Leanne think that uh, the Rebs will get the win, but you, uh, Haven's actually picking UK outright. So uh, there we go. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, some games, very interesting games on the slate, Leanne. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I take a look um, at this Alabama team going on the road to Arkansas. Arkansas has been a team that has played Bama tough pre, you know, previously when they've had to travel there to Fayetteville. Uh, but usually the, the Tide, of course, <laughs> like they do with everybody, come out on top. Uh, what, what do you think? And I have Alabama, ooh, giving up a lot of points, laying 17 and a half points on the road at Arkansas, number 20 in the country. Um, what are you thinking with that one? This is going to be another – this is one I like because it's a, it's a gritty, old-fashioned, southeast, you know, 
you know, showdown. Yes. Alabama, you know, everyone could give nothing to take away from Alabama what Nick Saban does. Tremendous depth, tremendous talent. You know, Alabama is always going to shine. Yes. Uh, now, are they are as they as lead as we think they are? You know, that that that's, you never know. I mean, it, it just kind of goes both ways for me. As far as when you look at it from a betting angle, I think 17, 17 and a half points is a lot. You know, I, like I said, and I know this seems like the popular answer, but I think Alabama will will keep it close, and Arkansas will keep it close. I mean, I think we're just in that season right now where it's a, I like to say it's a season of the underdogs. You know, mm-hmm. Arkansas, if they're on, they're on, and they're going to give Alabama a run. So I like Arkansas for the seventeen points. I think that's a lot of. As we get into conference play, we also got to remember we we may have a lot of points on the uh, you know points on the spread and stuff, but especially in the SEC. Don't expect to have these showdowns like we saw in week one through four. Because, again, you got to remember those are non-conference teams. You know, this is where it matters. So I imagine that, you know, Alabama and Arkansas is going to be a lot closer. And not only we have to consider these, these players are trying to – these coaches are trying to keep their players healthy because, you know, the, everyone – you lose in the SEC one game, and it's a pivotal game. You know, Alabama were to get an ups, upset to Arkansas like Texas A&M was able to do last season. That's right. a game-changer going down the road. And, you know, Alabama's always looking to win national championships, of course win, you know, conference championships in the SEC. So they're going to keep this one close, and I think they're going to play it smart. I think all of it, Alabama's going to win this one, but I think Arkansas is going to cover because I think that's just a lot of points to give Alabama in, in an SEC opener matchup like this with a lot of tradition, with a lot of with a lot of fire going into it, especially in Arkansas. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I mean, it's the same thing that we saw with that line uh, week one with uh, with uh, Alabama 21-point uh, favorite on the road at Texas. I mean, it was just too many points. I mean, you know, I, I know Arkansas may not be you know, on the level of Alabama, but especially on the road. Exactly. What Alabama did on the road at Texas does not give me belief that they can cover that 17-and-a-half number. Give me Arkansas at the points. I think that Alabama probably is good enough to win the game, but I I don't see Alabama just running away with it. So I'm going to go ahead and take Arkansas on the points. Uh, Haven, what say you? I I agree. You know, I I, I don't see – well, I see Alabama winning easily. And by easily, I mean they'll be control the whole game. Yes, but I don't see this as being a blowout by by what the uh, by what uh, Vegas, Vegas thinks. Yeah. yeah, Vegas thinks. Absolutely, but Alabama covers. There we go. Alabama with the win, but you're taking Arkansas on the points. I take it. Are you taking Alabama and you're gonna lay that seventeen and a half? Yeah. Okay. Oh well, there we go. <laughs> I love it. I love it. There we go. Duly noted. Okay, this time we're going out to the Big 12. Uh, Oklahoma State undefeated, heading on the road uh, to uh, Waco, take on the Baylor Bears. Uh, Baylor is a two-and-a-half point favorite over the undefeated Oklahoma State Cowboys. Um, What are you thinking with this one? This one's going to be a little tougher. Yeah, this is a tougher one. You know, you never know. I just don't know what to gauge of of the Big 12 anymore. You know, being around in Texas, growing up in Texas, the Big 12 has definitely changed. You know, OU's on its way out. Baylor just always puts on a good show. But, again, Baylor, they're extremely talented on the defensive end. But either they're going to be high scoring or they're just going to keep it close, you know. So you never know. And I think, like I said, as we get into conference play, uh, I like OU in this one. I I like OU. I, I like OU on the road at Baylor. I think that they need some wins, and, and I think this is where it, where it's going to happen. I think if they're going to make a, their last run, they're going to try to make a statement before they leave to the to the SEC. So I like OU in this one. Well, that's actually it's Oklahoma State, uh, the, the the not uh, not Oklahoma, um, but I you know I I think with this game, 
I don't really know what to take about from, from Oklahoma State as of yet. Um, I, like I, I don't really have a good feel uh, for who they are uh, as as a team. We've seen Baylor play a few times. Um, you know that they, they did fall short early in the year versus BYU. Um, but I feel strong. You know, Baylor has a very strong home field advantage. Um, you know, them being at home. I, I would take the Bears slightly. Um, that that two and a half number. I, I feel like Baylor maybe wins this game by a field goal, <laughs> so it'll be a barely cover. <laughs> but I, I do like Baylor um, by a field goal um, over Oklahoma State. Haven, Haven, what are you thinking with this one? This game's a toss up. Yeah, it is. It's a tough one. It's, it's a, tough a tough one. This game's literally a toss up because you just with these two teams. You know, like this is like the Baylor and Oklahoma State of old, where you expect a track meet, <laughs> right? I think this may be like somewhere between a pillow fight and yeah, a track. The meet. Big Twelve isn't scoring points the way they used to. No, like, they're not. The, 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 the points have definitely it's they become, dropped. Yeah, they dropped quite a bit. Well, they, yeah, because they're not running that. The, the, you know, everyone always used to call it the, the spread offense. It was the yes. conference of the spread offense, and you just don't see it anymore. Like I said, and and with this game, like I said, even though it's Oklahoma State at Baylor, it's it, like <laughs> Haven said, it's going to be a toss up. Because I was going because I'm, I'm looking. I was looking at my notes. I have you know. I call them a play card. I was like, when you said yeah. Oklahoma, and I was like, is Oklahoma TCU or am I just yeah. that? <laughs> well, yeah. No. No, I mean, I was like, yeah, so yes. you know, now I'm going back maybe. But Baylor in Waco, even though there's not much to do in Waco, you know, no, like Haven said. There's it nothing to do. Not, hey, Leah, don't, don't say there's I not much think, to do. There's I think it goes under 50. I think I have over under on that Oklahoma State-Baylor yes. game. I am comfortable saying that I think it's going to go under 56 points. I just don't. Yeah. Like you said, the, the Big 12 isn't those big scoring offenses. Those the They don't run that, that huge spread anymore where they're just blowing up and running it up yeah. the scoreboard. You just really can't anymore these days in order to keep your players healthy and and win these close ones. I agree. I agree. So, Haven, what what, what side on this one are you? Bay, Baylor, Oklahoma State, who you take? Who'd you take? Uh, I took Baylor at home by three, <laughs> barely covering. Then I'll take Oklahoma State. You just want to be the opposite of me. I am. I'm Because it's toss-up, so I'm literally just like picking. Just trying to fade me. I, no, I, 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 I like I the colors it. better. I'm, Rashawn I'm, doesn't I'm, know I'm, anything, so just take the other side of whatever Rashawn says. I no, got it. I'm choosing the colors. <laughs> I'm choosing colors. Fair. Okay, hey, this time we're going to the ACC. Uh, Wake Forest, Demon Deacons, come, you know, the 3-1 and one should have and could have beaten Clemson, but they fell short. Uh, traveling on the road to Florida State, a team that's got a – they're off to a 4-0 and start. Um, you know, Jordan Travis is, is seems to be healthy-ish. Um, you know, the, Florida State's looked good so far, uh, or at least decent. Uh, what are we thinking of this one? Is Wake Forest going to get back on the right side of this thing? Um, looks like right now Florida State is a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home. Uh, what are you thinking with this one, Leanne? This is another. This is a toss-up for me. I, like I said, the, now that we get into to conference play, especially in the ACC, which is still extremely wide open, you got teams like Wake Forest. You know, you got teams even Louisville making a late. You know, Miami. They're all going to try to make late runs, and, and and Florida State's right there with them. I like Wake Forest to get things on track. Do I think they get it? At, do they, do I think they get it on the road at six and a half points at this? You normally I'd probably take away because I think they cover, but, but I like Florida State. I like okay. Florida State at home. I, I like the atmosphere. I just feel like, you know, they're neck and neck when it comes to it. It's going to, who, who comes out better in that rolling in that first, in that first quarter, who gets jumping. And I like FSU on this one. I like FSU to cover and I like the under at 65. Uh, I don't know if the point over under went up, but I had last I checked was at 65. And I like this one to go neck and neck in ACC showdown, trying to, like I said, rise the ranks in an open conference, make a run. So I'm going to take uh, Florida State to cover on this one, and I like the under in that at 65. 
Okay, yeah, the, yeah, because it's actually went up to uh, the under has gone up uh, according to Caesars up to sixty seven. So if you like the under at sixty five, then definitely you like you love the under at sixty seven points. Sixty seven, uh, yeah, both take that. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so yeah, now and I tell you what, on this one, I, I, Wake Forest last week, watching what they did against Clemson, um, they had every opportunity uh, to get that. that DJ Ugalungale had to have one of his best performances uh, for Clemson to be able to eke out that win. Um, I know it's on the road. I know it's at FSU, but six and a half points is a lot of points. Um, I, I don't trust Coach Norvell that much to where Wake Forest, a team that's been consistently good in the conference over the last couple of years. Um, I trust the Clawfence more than I trust Mike Norvell. So I, I, Florida State may get the win, but I am not trusting six and a half points. I, I don't trust Florida State enough to say they're going to win by a touchdown. Um, so with, with that being the case, I'm going to take Wake Forest and, and I'm going to take those six and a half points. And, you know, the Demon Deacons, I, I think personally, are going to go ahead and win outright. Uh, but oh, even, wow. even if Florida State does win, they're not winning by a touchdown. So get, give me Wake Forest and then I'll take all six and a half of them points. Uh, Haven, what are you thinking? I was thinking actually exactly the same thing, <laughs> <laughs> to be honest with you. I was actually going to take Wake Forest to win straight up. And your sister's a Florida State fan. What's wrong with you? I'm taking Wake Forest winning straight wow. up. I'm not going to tell Gabby what you said. I think Wake Forest is a better <laughs> coach team. I think Wake Forest is more disciplined. Yeah. Uh, I like their quarterback better, Hartman. So I'm going to go with Wake Forest straight up and uh, Wake by three. There we go. There we go. Like it. I like it. Okay. Uh, I, you know what? This is not one that I was going to pick at first, but it's it's the line is interesting to me. So I'm going to ask you what you think about it, Leanne. Um, Texas A&M. Uh, currently sitting at three and one. Of course, we know that one being Appalachian State that uh, Jimbo just can't get people to stop talking about. Traveling on the road to Mississippi State. Mississippi State also sitting at three and one. Mississippi State's actually a four point favorite in this game. So you got a, a ranked Texas A&M team that's getting four points on the road at Mississippi State. What do you think about this one? This is a tough line. Yeah, this was this was a tough line. When I had it a couple of days ago, it's moved a, a point, and you know it doesn't seem like a lot. But for this game, old war college matchup, Texas A and M on the road, ranked at Mississippi State, it could go either way. Um, I haven't taken Texas A and M a lot this year to cover, but I like them at four points. I feel like this is a this is either make or break for Texas A and M. They got to they got to redeem themselves, and they're going to do it in Starkville. And I think this is a good this is a good opportunity for them. Uh, Mississippi State they they have they have moments like any. Thing, but I just feel like they are not consistent. And and but Texas A and M, on the other hand, hasn't been consistent on the offensive either. Yeah. So either they're going to get the ball rolling or they're not. It, that's pretty much now. Now as we head into Week Five, we're really going to I think really see what what teams are made of because they're going against conference opponents. It's not going to be this oh show and you know show of high scoring teams and everything because they're playing non conference teams they never play for. But I think it's like I said, we're about to get into the gritty action, and I like Texas A and M to get gritty in this. This old war college matchup on Mississippi State, you know, both these atmospheres very similar uh, as far as uh, as the crowd and whatnot. So I like Texas A and M on the road for four points to, um, you know, to go into to go into Starkville and and take care of business today. So I'm gonna take Texas A and M on the points. You know what? I've gone against Texas A&M the last couple of weeks because I just didn't like what was going on. They had quarterback issues. They lost to Appalachian State. It seemed like things have not been going well. But I tell you what, the last two weeks, they've actually played pretty well. And, you know, I agree with you. I, I love Mike Leach. I love, you know, the craziness and quirkiness that he is. But Texas A&M getting four points on the road. I'm going to go ahead and take Texas A&M, and I'm going to take those points. Um, so, yeah, give me Texas A&M. Haven, what are you thinking? 
I don't trust Texas A&M. Uh, they're quarterback deficient, yeah, to, to say the least. But I'm not a big Mississippi State fan either because I just I never believe in anything that comes out of Starksville like ever, 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 ever. Haven will fit in perfect with the Ole Miss fans because they believe the same thing too. So, so if you ever come to Oxford, they'll love you either way. There, there we go. go. There we go. There we go. Um, I'm gonna go with Texas A&M only because I believe Jimbo Fisher is a better head coach. Okay, and I think they're I think they have a better defense and they can just grind out an ugly game, which I think this is gonna be an ugly game because it's gonna be very ugly. There we go. And, and uh, last but not least, before we get to the Louisville game, just to see if uh, Leanne thinks Louisville can cover the number, uh, let's go ahead and go to this number 10 NC State on the road at number 5 Clemson. Uh, Clemson is laying seven points. They're a seven-point favorite at home uh, over the Wolfpack. Clemson was not spectacular in, in knocking off Wake Forest. NC State is undefeated. There's a lot of hype around NC State this year, um, even though they have not looked completely dominant uh, to start the year. They are undefeated. Um, what are you liking in this one, Leanne? You know, I've gone back and forth. I haven't really taken Clemson a lot, another top team, you know, because like I said, I just haven't felt like they clicked. But last last week, you know, DJ had a really strong, a strong, stronger game than he's had. Yes. I think there's always been up, you know, kid gets a lot of criticism, but he's an extremely talented quarterback if all the Ducks get in a row. And for Clemson, I felt like we kindly saw a little bit of, you know, silver lining last week. Are they there where they used to be? No, not. But neither is NC State. You know, NC State is, is a good team, but like you said, there's a lot of hype. So when you get a team like NC State that's playing decently, they're not playing well, but they're playing good enough, there's a lot of hype, it's either going to make or break. And I feel like Clemson's on a, on a redemption tour because everybody's talking about Clemson and how they're not there and how DJ's not there. And I think that we're going to see more of this uh, you know, drive the way they do their X's and O's. And I think Clemson covers in this one. You know, I haven't picked Clemson much this year, but I like Clemson at home um, to cover at that six and a half. Now, I don't think that they're going to – I don't know if this is going to be a super high-scoring game, but but I'm going to take the under in this one. I rarely go under with Clemson because, you know, but I just think that this one's going to be neck and neck. So I'm going to take the under 40 uh, in Clemson. I like NC State. I, I'm always about the underdog as far as the hype and everything. I just don't think that the way Clemson mentality is about to shift going – especially going into conference play. Uh, the game that DJ had last week is going to be enough uh, for NC State to, to cover. So I think I'm going to go with Clemson on this one, and, and I'm going to go for the six and a half. I would agree with you. I, I'll go ahead. I'll take Clemson at home. This is one of those games where we've seen in the ACC over the years a team that's supposed to be rising up and the favorite, whether it be Florida State, whether it be Clemson, just comes out and just kind of dog walks the number two team. <laughs> and, and I think that tradition is going to continue. Give me Clemson in the points. Clemson the points for me as well. I mean, it's – and I know Clemson's still kind of like learning. It's not, not learning. It's just that, once again, they're quarterback deficient. Yes. And we thought DJ was supposed to be the answer, especially after um, after they played Notre Dame when he came in when uh, – when oh, what's his name? Got hurt. And he came in through like for four touchdowns, oh, yeah. almost they almost beat Notre Dame. I was excited. And I thought, man, this guy's going to be awesome. And the first year he started, he was like, man, this guy's like really suspect. <laughs> <laughs> He's like super suspect. He looked good last week, though. He looked, he looked good. very good last yeah. week. Five TDs, no interceptions, played a great game, uh, was a great dual-threat quarterback. I think they continue with that. I think they may have caught something, maybe a little lightning in the bottle there, but Clemson is Clemson. They have more talent at every position. I'm taking Clemson. 
All right, and I know we are we are rushing towards the last minute of this show, so I'm going to go ahead. 13 and a half points, Louisville on the road at Boston College. Leanne, what are you thinking with that one? Super quick. You know, Louisville uh, with Malik Cunningham, man, I cannot believe he's in the Heisman, not more in the Heisman talk. That kid is just has really just been phenomenal. Louisville may not be playing well, but that kid taking that team on his shoulders, you know, the line was at 15 and a half, and I was kind of well leaning towards me. But Louisville just dominated, you know. But but it's about consistency, and, and is Satterfield going to call a good game? You know, you can't ride it all on the shoulders of Malik Cunningham. We know he can get it done, but also, you know, his offensive line, his his backfield, that defense has to, has to do their part. And the question is, can they do it on the road against BC? And uh, you told me the line was at 13, and I had it at 15. I, I'm going to take Louisville. I'm going to take Louisville in this one. It's really bold for the 13 points, but I feel like like they're they're going to do it. And uh, and I'm going to take Louisville on this one. I am going to take the under. Uh, I am going to take the under 51. I know I I I, I, I had BC at first, but I think I'm going to take Louisville. There we go. And I'll take Louisville in the points. Haven you Louisville in the points? If the end says it. It is so. There we go. Hey, wake up 502, y'all. And we out. Appreciate everybody for checking in. Check us out. Uh, 1482 South Shelby Street is going down this afternoon. 21st in Germantown. And we out. <laughs>